May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please do be seated. There is much in the news and on TV this week about us having reached 100,000 deaths from COVID-19. It was another reminder that in the midst of life, we are in death. Some have suggested that we're thinking more as a result about our mortality. But I have been, although I've been taking more funerals than, than usual over the last couple of months, I haven't noticed that those who've died have generally made more provision than usual. In fact, I see plenty of signs in our society around us that we still live very much in a death-denying culture. Woody Allen once said, I'm not afraid of death, I just don't want to be there when it happens. And the other thing he said was, I don't want to achieve immortality by my works, I want to achieve it by not dying. It's not abnormal, of course, to be afraid of death. After all, it's a step into the complete unknown. But is there another way to see it? Today, the church celebrates Candlemas. Candlemas marks the occasion Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the Jewish temple, following the usual rites of their faith after the birth of a child. We can see its echo in people bringing their babies to baptism in the church, as well as a rite of membership, initiation. Baptism's always a chance to say thank you to God for the joy of new life. So in the story we've just heard, we could imagine the new parents' hearts swelling with pride as they bring Jesus through the entrance to the temple, a pride that must have increased when Simeon and Anna spotted the significance of this tiny bundle. So how does that help us who might be afraid of death? Well, this account of proud parents and their baby isn't just about joy and parental pride. Like much of the scriptures, it's full of what William Blake has said about life. Joy and woe are woven fine. There's always joy when Jesus is about, but we can also hear the drumbeat of suffering and death. A sword will pierce your own soul. There was also a prophet, Anna, of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow. Anna had known the grief of being widowed young. In an age when being widowed also meant that you were without a protector. Mary is told that somehow this child she was cradling would bring pain that would sear her soul. But the greatest reference to death, of course, comes with the words spoken by and about Simeon. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not face death. Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace. God had said to him, you will see my savior before you die. And when Simeon, prompted by the Spirit, holds that savior in his arms, his very first words are, you can let me go now. Nearly three years ago, I was contacted just after Good Friday and told that my friend Sonia had just been diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumour. 
I was able to visit her soon after in hospital. She was amazing. She wasn't as sharp as she normally was. I was alarmed when I sat in with the doctor and she didn't know what month it was. But in other ways, she was much sharper than ever. She was totally focused on Jesus and she had lost none of her sense of humor. She asked if I wanted to do anything in her funeral service. And when I said, sit in a pew and cry, she said, shall I put that in the order of service? When she had her own room, she would worship and sing. She became sort of translucent and God shone out of her. She had no fear and ministered to those around her. She was a joy to be with. She knew where she was going, and while she was happy to be with us, she was a living embodiment of St. Paul's statement that to live is Christ and to die is gain. I hoped I would be like her. What about us? Are we ready? And what can Simeon teach us about how to be ready? Well, we could see this passage as an encouragement to try a bit harder. It says Simeon was righteous, so perhaps we have to do more good deeds to earn our right to enter the heavenly gates. It says Simeon was devout. Are we supposed to think, therefore, that if we go to church more often, although obviously a little bit more restricted nowadays, and pray more that God will give us brownie points? I'm not sure that that's right. I think it's all much more to do with the one he welcomed into his arms. Before the gospel, we heard from the book of Hebrews, and I'd like to read the message translation of the first two verses that we heard. Since the children are flesh, are made of flesh and blood, it's logical that the savior took on flesh and blood in order to rescue them by his death. By embracing death, taking it into himself, he destroyed the devil's hold on death and freed all who cower through life, scared to death of death. That little bundle of flesh and blood that Simeon held in his hands would become the flesh and blood that defeated even death itself. No wonder Simeon had never experienced the power of the Spirit like he had when he welcomed Jesus into his arms. It was then that he poured out his praise. It was then that he prophesied. An important principle of the Christian faith is, that, is the idea that this new kingdom that we enter through Christ, where sin and death has been defeated, is both now and not yet. Simeon didn't experience the fullness of the kingdom. But in that moment, he grasped the kingdom that was at hand. And in fact, nothing has changed since. Those who grasp the kingdom are those who are willing to put themselves in the way of receiving it. However good and holy Simeon was, anyone in the temple that day could have held Jesus in their arms if they'd asked. If we don't share Simeon's confidence in the kingdom, maybe all that Jesus is asking of us is to be open to receive.
to be humble enough to know that in our fearful, broken flesh and blood, we have a need of God. To be prepared to let God's spirit shine light into our hearts so that we may know ourselves as we are known. To seek his forgiveness, to turn from our independence and hold out our hands to him to receive the blessings that he has for us. To ask him to open our eyes to see his salvation, a salvation that rests entirely on Jesus' grace and forgiveness, poured out in the flesh and blood that we will remember shortly at his table, and not at all on our deeds and striving. To receive the free gift of eternal life that starts now and never ends to know that same peace that passes all understanding. The peace that Simeon knew, the peace that Sonia radiated, the peace that is promised to all those who put their trust in him. Lord, now let us, your servants, go in peace, to love and serve you until we meet you face to face.